cross country. Pick up your cross and walk. Bear your cross. Cross the Jordan. Whatever the Jordan represents for you. Cross. Ducks in a row. On the Pagan River in Virginia, Beverly saw generations as she watched them floating in single file. On top of the water where her grandfather rested, his children, Rita's ashes just a few years prior, the same town where her ancestors from his side of the family were slaves, ended up being the same town where his father and grandfather owned a store, closed down by the Great Depression, entrepreneurs nonetheless. As she drove through the town, passing beautiful acres of green pastures, now standing beside the still waters, she was reminded of the inheritance promised to her ancestors. She now had the ability to receive. The last time Beverly was on this side of the country, by the water, was when she had just turned eight in North Carolina. Her family's first fishing trip. Well, their only fishing trip. Beverly was taught to fish and outcaught her brother and parents by catching a whopping 13 fish. She even caught two fish at once a few times. All you had to do was show Bev what to do, and with practice, she would eventually master it. Fishing was the second thing she did to celebrate her birthday, but the first was to get her ears pierced with a gun. Is this gonna hurt? This was the same trip she learned how to ride a bike in the cul-de-sac of her mother's childhood home. Talk about hurt. Bev kept falling off the bike, yet she got back up. She wouldn't stop until she mastered it. She was determined. Then, couldn't get her off the bike unless you were the ice cream man. Interrupted by a bubblegum smoke break and a popsicle. Staring at those ducks on the water, she thought was the end of a scavenger hunt that started in L.A. was actually only the beginning. But for now, she's back in Las Vegas, finding out a few days prior to her big move to L.A. that she couldn't transfer with her job. Then again, it would have defeated the purpose of walking by faith and taking the leap. She learned then that there was no customizing God's instructions to make it more convenient. When and how to go about an instruction was key. Quit, then move. She needed to get comfortable becoming uncomfortable. The reactions from the three co-workers she told about her move 
or interesting. Just by sharing a piece of her spiritual journey, she learned a bit about their personal or non-existent relationship with God, but they all thought she was brave walking in faith. She never really thought about how her actions or obedience influenced others around her. Now that Bev realized she had an audience, she figured it all better work out since others were now watching and had confidence that God wouldn't make her look stupid, right? She had to succeed, not only to prove that she could hear from God, but that God was good, especially to the non-believer Bev grew the closest to at work. Leading up to Bev's departure, she gave her work friend a short devotional. Press on, her friend said as she randomly flipped the page and read the name of one of the devotions. The same one Bev literally just happened to read that morning or the day before. God spoke to Bev in so many ways. It was still kind of new but fun at the same time. In just a few days, Beverly was anticipating a whole new life. New city, new set of expectations, which meant things were finally going to start looking up, right? Not that things were wrong, it's just she had downsized her life just a few years prior. Seems so long ago. And right now, she was ready to level up. Ready to get back to living life back at a certain standard or even higher. She felt God had humbled her enough that she was excited to recognize herself again. She didn't know that surrendering to God meant that God would strip her of the only life she knew in order to build her back up, beat her down, until he was the only one she called on to revive her back to life? Though writing the book was her first major outward expression of surrender that came from the purest, most innocent place as a new believer on fire for God, she couldn't help but wonder what she was going to get in return. After all, she was spoiled by the effects of tithing. Who knew that when you genuinely and cheerfully gave money to your church, that money would come back to you? The same amount or two and three fold, sometimes more. She found it so miraculous that God worked that way and was ready to be greeted with a much bigger reward since she shared her truth in a book. So vulnerable to partner with God and pin her testimony she would have otherwise taken to the grave. She had great expectations. Okay, God, so I hope you like the book. Does this mean that I'm going to get that house now? I mean, I sold my house just like you said. I didn't cry, didn't ask any questions, nothing. So, a hundredfold blessing, right? I left everything for you, just like you said. I quoted that scripture right in the intro, too. I had no idea that was in the Bible. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad I obeyed you. So, yeah. About this house. That girl. I mean, Beverly. Beverly had her priorities mixed up. However, she was right about one thing. 
In Matthew 19 it states, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you, who has left houses or brothers, or sisters or father, or mother or wife, or children or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Bev was expecting immediate results and for her blessing to come wrapped in a certain package. But instead of instant gratification of a hundredfold blessing, she was greeted with, unbeknownst to her, spiritual warfare. People never talked about that part of following God. The resistance that occurs before, during, and after fulfilling an assignment from God, it was something she had to navigate through, even if she couldn't articulate what was happening in the spirit. Attacks on the body, family members or friends' health, attacks on the mind, it can range anywhere from something small to some unexplainable spiritual encounter. In hindsight, she realized pushing through and leaning into the resistance while remaining obedient was building muscle. Practice to endure larger obstacles that may come down the road. A few weeks into her new city, Bev finally started to settle in. For the first time in her adult life, she didn't have a job by choice. She didn't have a sport to go practice for. She didn't have anywhere to be. The gyms were closed down, so she started walking. Along the beach, around her beautiful neighborhood, she went hiking off the beaten path overlooking the LA skyline. It slowed down her life. Long enough to hear God on a much deeper level. However, how she was going to pay her bills was a thought that lingered in the back of her mind. She realized God wanted her reliant on him. She was forced to talk to him for answers and instructions. Some of the greatest things that poured out of an undistracted mind in the true period of rest were ideas, full circle life lessons learned, the answers to many questions from the past, promises for the future, but most importantly, peace. It was a different kind of peace though. The type of peace that made her think if creating with God was all she would ever do, she would be happy. That if it were just her and God, she'd be cool. Meaning, she never got married. She was at a place for the first time in her life where she felt she was good. Truly content in her singleness. 
She knew deep down God had given her the desire of marriage, children, and having a family. But that new feeling of euphoria meant she must have really been on one. And no, it wasn't cannabis. Truly high off Holy Spirit. The feeling lasted several months, not quite a year, until a woman in her discipleship class prophesied over her. And it wasn't just a random prophecy. The woman never met Bev before that day, and it was an unusual class in that it was broken up into a few intimate groups. Bev shared a testimony about a time she was in college, and before the session was out, some lady kept messaging Beverly, you're chosen, you're chosen. In the humblest way possible, Bev kept responding in her mind. Yeah, I know, (laughs) thanks. But the lady didn't stop. By the end of the session, they exchanged numbers and they were on the phone right after. The lady Bev met for the first time knew things about Beverly that could only be explained by Holy Spirit. So, Bev was all ears. She told Bev something that blew her mind. She said that someone was going to propose to her by the end of the week and she would be married within 90 days. That it would happen so fast and that she would have a baby right after. That's not possible. I don't even talk to anybody. Like, who? Who? (laughs) I think from, like, maybe, like, one guy from my past that may like me still, but I haven't talked to them in forever, and no, I'm just not interested. (laughs) No. Like, who? Needless to say, it didn't happen. Later on, Bev was reminded of Sarah who laughed when she was told she was going to have a baby boy in a year. Sarah laughed in disbelief. What if it didn't happen for Bev in that time because she simply didn't believe? Yeah, okay, it sounded crazy, but up to that point, Beverly had witnessed so many miracles claimed to have crazy faith. She literally acted on crazy instruction from God that ultimately worked out. But why when it came to marriage in a situation that seemed impossible, did she all of a sudden doubt? All the practice she endured to build her faith up to that point, walking in complete obedience to the best of her ability, only to doubt when what seemed to be the impossible reared its head. Then again, Bev was in the zone, just her and God. Was it a distraction from the enemy? A distraction away from what she was pursuing? Or was it something to begin to prepare for? Because at one point, She got so consumed trying to figure out who was proposing that she wasn't really focused on the preparation of it all. Hell, 
wasn't focused on anything she was supposed to be for that matter. Either way, Bev got excited about the thought of marriage again. A thought that had been buried for a while was now at the forefront of her mind. But again, this was almost a year after her first initial move to L.A. So, back to L.A. In true Jehovah Jireh fashion, right as Bev was about to run out of money, a pandemic stimulus check came rolling in. She contemplated using it to either pay rent or a car note for a couple of months, or just invest the whole thing in script writing courses for television and film. She made it to Cali with limited funds and no steady stream of income and was making it. She might as well take the risk and spend it honing her craft and understanding a whole new world, right? You guessed it. She took the classes. When Beverly began writing and realized how many different types of stories she could tell, she got so excited. There were so many different experiences in her life that made great ideas for different projects. From love stories to sci-fi, thrillers and drama, not to mention comedy. Even though she didn't find herself that funny, She had a few great ideas and with the right writing partner could make for a few good sitcoms. She literally had a story for every genre. She thought it was cool to have so many ideas, but upon her research, found that it was more realistic for a new writer to stay in one lane starting out. You know, just like any other industry. How dare you be good at multiple things at once? She found it refreshing that writers like Lena Waithe had multiple shows and movies ranging from one-hour dramas like The Shy to feature films like Queen and Slim, not to mention the comedy 20s. All different mediums, all great story ideas, all very well written. But from what Bev heard, in most cases, only established writers could get away with it. Keyword established or keyword Emmy. But when God sent Beverly to an industry she didn't ask to be a part of, all those so-called unwritten rules went out the window. She began playing by God's rules. However long it was going to take for Bev to make it, And she really thought it was going to be off jump. She knew it would happen eventually. It gave her permission to play, have fun, and be creative for once in her life. But most importantly, become a student again. All you had to do was show Bev what to do. And with practice, she would eventually master it. She was confident in spending her last bit of security, if you will, towards script writing classes and allowing God to use her in this new way of writing. Bev was so amazed that she even had an imagination or even a sense of humor. During a table read with the writing group she eventually became a part of, 
They read through her hour-long drama and were laughing their way through it. They asked her afterward if it was a dramedy. <laughs> no, it's a drama. For the first time, Bev witnessed her characters come to life and she was hooked. It was so rewarding to hear the feedback and her character speaking. She thought as a newbie in the game, she was really on to something. She was so used to growing up an athlete and becoming efficient at one thing consistently, drilling her body to function the same way at a fast pace day in and day out in order to win. Then enter the workforce with the same mentality in sales and never stopped moving. But now that she had the opportunity to stop and breathe, focus on God and what he had her to do, she was overflowing with ideas, writing material, and the joy of the Lord. Because it sure didn't come from money. She didn't have any. A person. Because she didn't have no man or things. Because all she had was her car. And barely that. The joy of the Lord. At this point, she let Jesus take the will. Though she wasn't sure where her next paycheck was coming from, it didn't matter because she operated in a place of fulfillment. It didn't have anything to do with a hundredfold blessing or double for her trouble. She was partnering with her creativity. God literally gave her this new desire of her heart. Few months after living in LA, Bev was just about out of money. A few weeks away from having to pay rent, she decided to start filming conversations with God asking what she should do. Okay, God, you got me out here. You got my attention. It's just me and you. I have no idea how I'm going to pay my rent next month or for the car you gave me. But I'm actually excited to see what you do. Just like a baby, God had to show her how to walk again. Heavily dependent on her father and only on him. What it meant to live a life built from scratch, this time God's way, from the blocks. Though she was creating, in a way, it was a season of rest. God was resting her up to throw her back into the fight, to the wolves, the world. She didn't know it yet, but she was practicing for her breakthrough, her race of faith. Thanks for supporting Cross. Like, comment, and subscribe.